Hi, welcome to Sunza, the place for common sense. Have you ever been confused? Well, if not, you are in luck. Today we're going to help you get there. Today is Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021. My name is Mike Duchenne. We're going to take you in a journey to confuse you some more if you're not yet confused. But don't worry, in the process, we'll show you how to get out of that confusion. It's been a wild ride for those of us who are concerned about the state of the country. But something good is happening. We have a new administration. We have someone who knows what he's doing. But most importantly, we have someone who is interested in doing what is necessary for the whole country. But I mentioned to you before and I'll point it out again in example that the Republican Party, its leaders, they never care about the United States of America. Now, of course, you may shrug it off as gibberish from a term liberal. Consider this. The stimulus package that Biden proposed in order to provide some form of relief for those affected by the coronavirus, $1.9 trillion, has the support of most Americans, 76%. Guess what? Zero Republican in Washington support the COVID relief package. That's not politics. We know that. In fact, we explained that to you before, that whenever there is anything that ought to be done for the constituent, for the middle class, for the working class, Republicans never want to lend a hand. We discussed that before. Now, here is a package that's geared towards the middle class, towards working class. And once again, Republicans in Washington told this is not their interest. This is not You are on Sousa. This is Sousa, a place for comments. Welcome to Sluza. Glad you can make it. I am MD. This program is dedicated exclusively for those with common sense, a spirit of patriotism, and a determination for a more perfect union. Stay tuned as we begin the discussion of a very important, interesting, and enlightening topic.
hope to hear from you soon. Happy listening. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. Once again, welcome to Sousa, the place for common sense. For those of you who have watched this program before, by now, you're pretty familiar with me talking about the fact that Republicans in Washington in particular, for some reason, they are not interested in the well-being of the country, in the well-being of the constituents. Now, that might sound like some damn liberal, some gibberish of some damn liberal. But for those of you who have a, even an average uh, sense, common sense, and if you pay even half the attention needed to comprehend when those statements are made, you cannot but agree that is the case. We've given you here in this program examples before, not just something that we pull out of a hat when we mention those things. Now, the question personally that I keep asking myself is, why would an average intelligent person consider to support individuals who do not have their interests at heart. Because it's not logical for that to be the case. I pointed before that if you are an employer and you hire an individual and you find out later that individual is not up to the job or that individual refuse to do the job, we are fairly certain you're not going to keep paying that person in the job. Because obviously you hired an individual because you have a need, you have something that, that you would like some problem you'd like to resolve or some task to be done. So if the individual you hired and thought that individual would do the job or could do the job, it doesn't take a genius to 
figure out that the best course of action is to get rid of that individual and hire somebody else. But for reasons that beyond logic, the Republican constituent continue to pay their elected official even in the face of them not doing the job or refuse to do the job. We mentioned to you that the $1.9 trillion stimulus relief package that the Biden administration proposed is to help not only with the vaccination, but also to help financially because a number of people, a number of businesses had to close their doors and a number of people were became unemployed because of the spread of the coronavirus. The previous administration completely shrugged off what needed to be done to prevent this predicament from being present. But now the predicament that we're in is the fact that people, businesses, people lost their job, Businesses, especially small businesses, had to be closed. And some people are still struggling with the aftermath of all that. And Biden administration, before he took over the presidency of the United States, it was his primary objective. That was number one in his mind he is going to walk into the Oval Office and he's going to put a lot of effort, a lot of resources behind not only containing the spread of the virus, but also helping people and businesses that have been affected by that very problem. And as such, to his credit, since before he even, he was even sworn in, Biden was already working uh, behind the scene to prepare for that moment. Now you would think, you would think that a package such as this that helped the middle class, people who are in actual need, a package like this that helped businesses, especially small businesses, that had to close their doors. A package such as this that helped people who have been unemployed and struggling financially, you would think the Republican would find there is something, there is even a piece of legislation that they can support. You would be wrong because they are not supporting it. Of course, they come up with all sorts of rationale not to do so. It's too big. It's not addressing the actual problem, etc., etc. Those are refrain that 
we learn from the Republican in Washington, even if you may recall in 2009, when Obama was trying to pass Obamacare. There is no more argument that Republicans do not work for the middle class and for the working class. There is no argument there. We're not talking about Republican against Democrat. We're talking about whenever there is something that ought to be done for the middle class, for the working class, you can count the Republicans out. Now, the idea that it's too big of a package is just because they would expect their supporters not to worry about anything and to vote them back in office because they have seen that for several decades despite having worked against the interests of their constituent time and again those republican supporters go to the poll and vote them back in office so they have no reason to fear opposing what's good for the country In all fairness, when you think about it, what's the point of working with Democrats to advance the affairs of the country when you know as a Republican elected official that not doing so would not cost you a job, not doing so would not do anything to you because your Republican constituent will continue to vote you back in office. And that's what Republican elected official in Washington count on. Now we know what they say about the package is a lie because in 2017 Republicans, all of them, there was not a single Republican who opposed the 1.5 trillion dollars that they call tax cut, 85 percent of which went to large corporations and wealthy individuals. They didn't have any problem with that. They pass it without a hitch. They didn't think twice. They didn't say it was going to add to the deficit. They didn't say it was going to increase the national debt because none of that mattered to them because they were giving it to rich people. As I mentioned, and I will continue to mention it to you, that if you are in the working class, you are in the middle class, and you think that Republicans work on your behalf, then you must not be paying, you must have not paid attention. Because there is not a single thing that Republicans in Washington do that would benefit the working class or the middle class. If it's something that would help the wealthy individual and the large corporation, they are all for it. But if it's going to help, the working class, the middle class, Republicans would oppose it. And it's not something that they've done once or twice or three times. It's every time. So the question again is, why would an intelligent individual continue to support people like that? As I mentioned, topic that we debate here, we don't pull those information out of a hat. 
We don't say things to you just for the, for the sake of saying it, nor are we damn liberal trying talking gibberish because everything that we present to you can be verified. In 2009, Republicans, all the Republicans, opposed the passage of the Health Care Act. They came up with all kind of lies and deception to prevent Republican constituents, those who would actually benefit of it, from supporting it. It's a death panel. It's going to cost jobs. A, a number of lies that they fed their constituents. And sadly, the Republican constituents, as I mentioned time and again here in this program, they are either too naive, gullible, and too ignorant to understand that their Republican leaders do not explain to them what's going on. They lie to them about what's going on. It will take, it would take two years for the Republican constituent to realize that they were lied to about Health Care Act, aka Obamacare. Because we recall in 2018, when the Republican were up for re-election, they all out there putting ad out there saying to their constituent they will help protect people with pre-existing conditions. And that's exactly what Healthcare Act provided since 2009. Nothing was changed. And suddenly, Obamacare was no more a death panel. Obamacare would no longer kill jobs. So what happened? They lied to their constituent, the very people who would have benefited of the health care act, because they simply do not want anything to improve the lives of the working class of the middle class. Because to them, those people do not matter. So the question again, why would an average intelligent individual in the Republican Party continue to support people like that? Why would they continue to vote that those people back in office? Because what I just mentioned to you, those are not speculation. So that was 2009. Now in 2017, February of 2017, the first, the very first act that was done by the Republican in control of all level of the government is to pass a $1.5 trillion, which added to the national debt, which added to the deficit, and they took 85% of that, and they distributed it to corporation and to wealthy individuals. Nobody opposed it. Nobody think it was bad. Nobody complained about it because it was going overwhelmingly to people who already have. As I mentioned time and again, Republicans in Washington do not care about the working class and the middle class. It's time that you recognize that. Now you may decide to vote them back in office anyway, but there is no argument that as far as the interest of the working class, it is not the Republican in Washington.
and now is a package that's being put on the table to help the working class, people who lost their job, small businesses, to help contain the spread of the virus, mostly those people in the lower class, in the middle class, in the working class, are affected by it. And then what do the Republicans do? As expected, they all oppose it. As you can see, a majority of the population, 76%, think it is a good thing. How many Republicans in Washington support that? Hold your breath. Zero. Not a single Republican in Washington support the passage of the COVID relief package. Not a single one of them. Every time that there is something that would benefit the working class, that would benefit the middle class, Republicans in Washington would not participate. They would not support it. So the question to you, my fellow Republican, why would you continue to support people like that? Why would you continue to support people who do not want to work on your behalf? That's a question. Because it's baffling to me that anyone would continue to support individuals that are not working for them. Why? Now we're going to confuse you some more. As I mentioned in the beginning of the program, that if you've never been confused before, well, hang around for just a few moments because we're going to show you something that's, that's confusing. That would confuse anyone because it's impossible to dissect, to reconcile, to completely opposing ideas of one topic. So, where do we move from, where do we go from there? Because obviously, if you are a Republican, and uh, you expect your Republican leader to do things that benefit you. And some of you may have already come to that conclusion. A growing number of Republicans who are moving away from those individuals in Washington because they're not serving their interests. So what I propose to you is not something that a damn liberal is saying. There is a growing number of Republicans who have come to the same conclusion. That most Republicans in Washington do not work on behalf of their constituents. They do not work 
for them. I pointed out earlier, if you hire someone who refuses to do the job or who cannot do the job, there is only one solution. You get rid of that person and you hire someone else who can do the job. Now, I am not proposing to you that Democrats are sent. I'm not proposing to you that you should agree with their legislation. I'm not proposing to you that you should agree with their policies. But there is one thing that's absolutely certain. Irrespective of whether you like it or not, Democrats overwhelmingly work on behalf of the working class, on behalf of the middle class. Now, we're not discussing policies. We're not discussing legislation, which you may completely dislike or disagree with. That's not what this is about. You may completely disagree with how they implement, with how they approach. But one thing you cannot accuse Democrats of is not working for the middle class. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back to show you what's even more confusing when it comes to Republicans. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, The Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended The Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended The Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. Once again, uh, welcome uh, back. Uh, we are going to we are going to try to give you uh, another example of how confusing it is. Uh, something very simple, but it turns out to be extremely confusing. 
when you go to the pool and choose someone, anyone, uh, as uh, the individual to represent you, to represent your state, you obviously put a great deal of trust on that individual. Uh, you hope that individual would address the issue that you are concerned about, and but you also most likely make provision for that individual to address the issue of the people in your state, not just you, the majority. So you may not necessarily be always uh, 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 happy about what your elected officials do because obviously they're not there just for one individual, they're there to represent a state. But every elected official in the United States has something, has a, a very high priority uh, uh, on their list. Whether they campaign on it or not is totally irrelevant. Everyone takes an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. Every elected official you see in Washington takes an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. It is that important because the Constitution of the United States is what makes the United States what it is. People do not leave, people the world over come to the United States of America not to see President X or President Y, not for political party X or political party Y, but because of the, the system that we have in place. And that system is guaranteed thanks to the Constitution of the United States. So if you elect an individual to represent you, to represent your state, you also expect that individual to do the most important aspect of the job, to uphold the Constitution of the United States. Now, if you don't care about the Constitution yourself, then that's where we have problems because obviously you would not care either that the person that you elect and send to Washington does not do that either because you don't care, the person doesn't care, then it doesn't matter. Two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. The former president of the United States was impeached because he went out of his way to get foreign government to be involved in our internal affairs. 
if an appointed individual does that, if a soldier does that, we would consider that person a traitor. A federal agent does that, we would consider that person a traitor. And we have laws that would send that individual to jail. And I don't doubt a second that you, your elected official, and anyone in your circle would look at someone who has done what I just suggested as a patriot. Because you'll find out that a soldier goes the other way by trying to negotiate with a foreign government, not for the good of the United States of America, but for his own benefit, I guarantee you, you would not mince words about that person, that individual. You find out that the Secretary of State is doing some, is involved in some shenanigan with a foreign government, you would be the first one to ask for that person's head. You wouldn't want to hang that person. If you find out that the Secretary of Defense is doing some sort of side negotiation with a foreign government and you have no reason to believe it's for the good of the United States, find out that it's for his own benefit, I have no doubt in my mind that you would call for that person's head. And we had that exact predicament of the person you entrust the highest office in the land doing exactly that. The people that you elected to represent your state decides we're not going to do anything about that because who cares? At the time that happened, Mitch McConnell, who was the Senate Majority Leader, set the tone and said, it doesn't matter that he violated the Constitution of the United States. In fact, I am going to work with him so that he doesn't get punished for it between the president's position and our position exactly how we go forward i'm going to coordinate with the president's lawyers total coordination uh with the white house counsel's office again i'm going to take my cues from the from the president's lawyers the president's counsel may or may not decide they want to have witnesses there's no chance the president's going to be removed from office. Well, there will be no difference between the president's position and our position. Exactly how we go forward, I'm going to coordinate with the president's lawyers. Total coordination uh, with the White House counsel's office. Again, I'm going to take my cues from the, from the president's lawyers. The president's counsel may or may not decide they want to have witnesses. There's no chance the president's going to be removed.
in order for you to understand this problem, in the Constitution of the United States, it is uh, clearly explained that the role of the legislative body, which Mitch McConnell belongs to, and even more so, he was the Senate Majority Leader, the job is not to coordinate with the executive branch. The job is not to defend the executive branch, but the job is to hold the executive branch accountable. The problem that the country is having today is not a division, a divide between Democrats and Republicans. I know that uh, that that's something that's thrown into the conversation every single time, and it becomes almost uh, the, the only way to explain the problem in the country. It's like there is a fight between Democrats and Republicans. I mentioned time and again here in this program, the problem that we have in the United States of America is not a fight between Democrats and Republicans. The fight we're having, the problem that the country has, is a clash between those who love the country and those who say they love the country, but doing everything against the interests of the country. Today, the Republicans are in full display showing that they don't care about the Constitution of the United States, and they're willing to flaunt the Constitution of the United States. Not in secrecy, not in hiding, not behind the scene, openly. He was the Senate majority leader saying openly that he's not just not going to hold the president accountable, he's going to collaborate with the president. Those are the people that are destroying America. We usually fear foreign government. You, we usually fear interference of foreign government. But the biggest threat we have in the United States of America doesn't come from outside. The people that you entrust to do what is right by the country, the people you entrust to defend the country are the very people who are destroying America. Those things are not simple, they're not small, because when you have the Senate majority leader who everybody else in the Senate follows, listen to, saying publicly, we're not going to hold that guy accountable for betraying America. Instead, we're going to protect him. Now, I said time and again, sometimes it's understandable that people, the masses, are not smart enough to understand the the, the complexities of those matters. They may not care about the Constitution. 
But those individuals who are in Washington, those legislators, they're in that position to protect what is important for us, the Constitution of the United States. Publicly, publicly, the Senate majority leaders say, I'm not just not going to hold that guy accountable. I'm going to work in with them. For the past few months, I've been trying to figure out how do you fix a problem with a group of individuals who have no shame? You cannot shame those people. Because it doesn't matter how much you point out their wrongdoing. It doesn't matter how much you point out that they are unpatriotic. It doesn't matter how much you prove that. They don't care. How do you, how do you save a country that have half the people in the country completely disinterested in the affairs of the country? How do you do that? Now, they're very much aware what they're doing is destroying the country. They're very much aware of that. How do I, how can I possibly know that? Now, I'm going to show you that Mitch McConnell, when he said that, he was very much aware of the fact that Donald Trump is guilty of what he was accused of. Mitch McConnell, on national TV, he never said Donald Trump did not do. He never said that he was wrong accused. He did not say any of the things that you would expect someone who is trying to defend an individual to bring forth to the table. He's innocent. It's a damn Democrat that's accusing him of something that's false. None of that. What he offered is, it doesn't matter. I am going to work so, with him so that he doesn't suffer any punishment for betraying America. In other words, Mitch McConnell is saying, to hell with the Constitution of the United States. Now, I'm going to show you when we come back that Mitch McConnell knows exactly what happened was bad, was wrong, but he decided America is not that important for him to defend. The oath that he took, it's just not that important. The Constitution is just not that important. In the Capitol Rotunda, the remains of a brave man rest in a place of honor. His name was Officer Brian Sicknick, and he died a hero. Now, Brian Sicknick deserves justice. The mob that murdered him 
and injured other Capitol Police officers wasn't mindless. It was sent there. I don't know if I'll do the fighting myself or if other people will. It was a mob fed a diet of lies, conspiracy, and propaganda. Fantasies of stolen elections. Now, the people who fed that mob are trying to escape responsibility. Donald Trump is responsible. Rudy Giuliani is responsible. Josh Hawley is responsible. Kevin McCarthy, Ted Cruz, Rick Scott, Ron Johnson, Fox News, Newsmax, OANN. They didn't strike the hundreds of blows that killed Brian Sicknick and hurt his colleagues. But they told the lie that led their followers to act. And the blood is on their hands. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I found that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, the Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended the Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended the Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. If you know someone has done something wrong, harmful, cause the cost of life, in other words, someone commit a crime, you become aware of that. If you do not alert authority, you become complicit and accomplice after the fact. You're harboring criminal. That's how it referred to in the system of justice. That you know someone committed a crime. You condone it. You hide it. Help hide it. In the case of the Republicans in Washington, they participated in it publicly, openly. And the question that I kept asking myself, what kind of people make up the Republican constituent to continue to support individuals like that? Can a, an individual who claim to be Christian tolerate crimes, criminals, people who continue to do evil, people who continue to live a life of evil?
What always baffling to me is the fact that those individuals in Washington, the elected officials, they are well aware they're doing the wrong things. They are well aware of that. When someone does something wrong, the person may try to hide it, to cover it up. A lot of people cannot face, or uh, afraid to face what they've done wrong. You may have most likely heard of people, they call it hit and run, people who hit someone on the street and they fled the sin. There are a few occasions when that person fled the sin and call and report the problem. Those people panic. They well aware they have done something wrong, but they panic. That can cost lives because the person that they hit could have been saved had they only stayed and called an ambulance for that person. That person could have been saved. Now, regardless of the outcome, it's, it was an accident, it was a mistake. The person come forward. But there are also plenty of uh, examples of people who hit someone on the street, fled the sin, and went into hiding. Some even went as far as trying to clean up the car so that they're not found. Those people are criminal. They know exactly what they've done. And yet, instead of trying to make it right, they try to cover it up. On January 6th, the World Watch, a sin in the United States of America, which resemble a third world country, where mobs of depraved individuals storm the state capitol, ransacking it, and looking to harm elected officials. According to the latest report, was the smart and the ingenuity of some police officers in the state capitol that avoided a disaster, a tragedy inside that building. You most likely have seen the tip of Eugene Robinson leading a mob away from the Senate chamber where the senator was still in there along with the vice president. Things that you would never believe if you read, were to read about it, that's something that happened in America. 
and it was incited by the former president. Not speculation, not some kind of, uh, of uh, assumption, but the former president of the United States created that situation in the United States of America. Despite all the people, especially those who participated, those who condoned it, those who liked it, we're talking about Republican legislators here. They all tried to defend one of the most indefensible acts by a president, the act of sedition, the act of insurrection, clearly detailed in the Constitution of the United States as a crime. And they knew it was a crime. Now, listen to Mitch McConnell telling you exactly that. Not just me saying that it was a crime, not just me saying that the former president was responsible, but the Senate Majority Leader telling you in his own words that indeed the former president of the United States was responsible of that moment in time which marks one of the darkest moments in the history of America. In 250 years, America had had bad president, mediocre president, good president, excellent president. But never in its existence had America ever had a traitor impeached the first time for trying to get a foreign government involved, impeached a second time for inciting an insurrection. And there were plenty of time in between. He could have been impeached for not attending to his duty for not abiding by the oath he took. And here's Mitch McConnell telling you exactly that. The Republican leader. January 6th was a disgrace. American citizens attacked their own government. They used terrorism to try to stop a specific piece of domestic business they did not like. Fellow Americans beat and bloodied our own police. They stormed the Senate floor. They tried to hunt down the Speaker of the House. They built a gallows and chanted about murdering the Vice President. They did this because they'd been fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth. Because he was angry, he lost an election. Former President Trump's actions preceded the riot were a disgraceful, disgraceful dereliction of duty. The House accused the former president of, quote, incitement. 
That is a specific term from the criminal law. Let me just put that aside for a moment and reiterate something I said weeks ago. There's no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. No question about it. The people who stormed this building believed they were acting on the wishes and instructions of their president. And having that belief was a foreseeable consequence of the growing crescendo of false statements, conspiracy theories, and reckless hyperbole, which the defeated president kept shouting into the largest megaphone on planet the hotly contested presidential election is over, but the challenges that lie ahead for this new administration are many and very difficult. Yes, we voted out the destructor of our norms, but our job is not done. The Biden administration will face a very corrupt and uncooperative Republican Party in both the House and the Senate. In 2009, in the midst of a devastating recession with unemployment rising, bankruptcy multiplying, the economy cratering, Mitch McConnell opposed everything Obama tried to do to remedy the situation. It is naive to think it will be different this time. The country simply cannot rely on Republicans. So let's not. Join us live every Saturday at 11 a.m. to bring forth ideas to combat those challenges. Together, we can help rebuild America with Joe. See you soon. January 6th. Earlier, I mentioned uh, the name of a uh, police uh, at the state capitol, I say Eugene Robinson. Uh, the name is Eugene Goodman. Eugene Robinson happened to be uh, a writer at the Washington Post. And uh, of course, his name stuck uh, on my mind. So the police officer was Eugene Goodman. You just heard Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, he gave a speech on the Senate floor, that speech was immediately after, and here's the confusing part. After he voted, he voted not to convict Donald Trump of the crime. He was accused, the incitement, the insurrection. I'm confused, aren't you? He's a member of a jury who clearly know that the defendant committed the crime. Not me telling you that he knew. He told you in his own word that he knew the defendant, in that case the former president, committed a crime. But he voted 
not to convict him. I am really confused. The primary job of members of the legislative body, who all of which raised their right hand and took an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States, the primary job, the primary responsibility is to hold the President of the United States accountable for his action. The primary job. Now, Mitch McConnell voted to acquit the former president, and immediately after that, on the Senate floor, he said, the guy is guilty. I'm confused. Imagine, imagine the scenario for a moment. Someone commit a crime, kill a member of your family, and you went to court, of course, the person, there was no gray area. It was caught on tape. Everyone knows that that individual committed the crime. Imagine that scenario for a moment. There are some states that require, especially in, in, in crimes proceeding, in order to convict an individual, you have to have everyone member of the jury agree that's the case. There cannot be anyone who disagree with it. And if one individual were to disagree, then you'll have a hung jury. It's a crime. It's important. It's understandable. Because if you're going to put, to penalize an individual for committing a crime, then you want to be sure that person committed the crime. If there is any doubt, then you cannot convict the individual. In that particular case, there was no ambiguity. There was no doubt. Everything was caught on tape not just on that particular day, but preceding that day, that that individual was preparing to commit a crime. And then on that day, he committed that crime. And Mitch McConnell, in his own words, said, yes, he committed the crime. But I'm not going to vote to convict him. When I tell you that the Republicans do not care about the interests of the United States, you think it's a joke? He is the highest member, highest ranking member in the legislative body for the Republican Party decided to do the wrong thing. And it's not me telling you that. He, is, he was the one telling you that. 
he voted to acquit someone who committed a crime, and then publicly tells you, yes, he is guilty. But what's even more confusing is what I'm about to show you. A few days ago, Mitch McConnell was interviewed at Fox. And that's during the whole CPAC frenzy that happened last weekend. And on Sunday, the former president had to deliver a speech. And Mitch McConnell was, again, asked about his support for the president. Now, I want you to remember that Mitch McConnell voted to acquit someone he said he knows is guilty of the worst crime as former president, trying to incite a group of people, mobs of people, into insurrection. It is actually in the Constitution of the United States. It's a crime. Mitch McConnell voted to acquit that individual and then came to you and said, he is guilty. Now listen to Mitch McConnell now talking about what would he do if that guy were to run for president in 2024. There'll be a lot of talk this weekend about 2024 and whether the former president is going to get in that mix. Here's what Senator Romney said about that if he does. Will President Trump continue to play a role in my party? I'm sure I think uh, we, we have a, 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 an issue showing you the actual video of uh, the conversation. The actual video uh, of Mitch McConnell responding to a question that if the former president were to run for office in 2024, and the question was asked of him, would you support him? Usually. After reading several books based on presidents and on Obama specifically, I find that they're typically partisan. The Obama legacy targets the heart of the issue by giving credit to the president where it's due, but definitely coming down hard on Obama on his bigger failures, like his handling of the Syrian crisis. If you are in college, going to college, you are an educator, a faculty member, or someone with interest in government or politics, The Obama Legacy is definitely a book to read. My professor recommended The Obama Legacy. A friend actually recommended The Obama Legacy. I would highly recommend this book for anyone, whether for academic use or leisure reading. I would recommend this book to anyone out there searching for an impartial and unbiased look into Barack Obama's tenure as president. 
I would definitely recommend this book as a good read for both liberals and conservatives. Usually, um, when uh, someone is asked a question that uh, could be a simple question, but that put you on the spot about a topic that's, that would reveal uh, something about you in terms of your character, and uh, if the answer to the question would put that on display, and you can almost be certain that that's going to be used against you, it, it, you may avoid answering that question, especially politicians. They're very good at doing that, dodging the question, so to speak. Mitch McConnell voted to acquit Trump, knowing that he was guilty of what he was accused of, the worst crime that anyone, let alone a former president, has committed towards the country, act of sedition. So Mitch McConnell was not just content to acquit Trump, he made it a point to tell the rest of us that he knows he's guilty, but he'd acquit him anyway. So upon being asked the question, would you vote for him if he were to be a nominee in 2024? Mitch McConnell did not pause, did not hesitate, it's as if he expected the question and he already had his answer, waiting. Your response was, absolutely. I'm really very confused. I'm really, really confused. In the history of the United States of America, we have an individual who commit an act of sedition. We have a president who involved, got foreign government to be involved in our internal affairs. We have a former president who has done everything wrong in the book. And those are not speculation or assumption, acknowledged by people of his own party. Now you have the Senate Majority Leader ask the question, would you support that individual? Absolutely. I asked the following question in one of the articles that I'm about to publish. Hopefully, 
in later today, why would Democrats work with people like that? Why would Democrats even care to work with people like that? They don't care about the country. They don't care about any aspect of this country. They don't care about the Constitution of the United States. They don't, they just simply don't care. Why would you waste your time working with people like this? Those are not people who are trying to advance the affairs of the country and they're taking a different route. It's not a, 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 a difference of ideology. It's not, I would prefer to do it this way versus that way. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who flaunt the Constitution of the United States, people who trample the rule of law, people who simply acknowledge the wrongdoing was done, but say, I'm not going to do anything about that. Why would any logical, moral individual decide to work with people like this? And that's my question. It's baffling to me that those individuals, they are not working for the sake of the country. As such, what's the point? We're kidding ourselves, thinking we need bipartisan legislation. We need bipartisan. That's a joke. Republicans do not care about any such thing because they're not working for the United States of America. Every one of their actions proves that. So why? waste the time? Why waste the energy? Why waste the effort to try to get people like that involved in what you're trying to do for the country? Join me tomorrow when we will discuss with you some of those individuals who want to be president. Yes, those people who do not give a damn about the United States of America, who contribute to actually destroying America. They want to be president. How about that? So join me tomorrow, and we'll talk a bit about those people, and if you care enough about the country, what we should start doing and preparing in order to prevent those people from ever setting foot in the Oval Office. Because our future, the future of our children, depends on it. I hope you can join me again tomorrow. And uh, in the meantime, I wish you a fantastic afternoon or evening, whichever it happened to be. My name is Mike Duchesne, and that was Slusa. Good day. That was an update through the prism of Amazon. Join us again tomorrow at 11 a.m. for a full presentation. I am MD, host of the Sousa program, the place for common sense. Send us comments, criticism, suggestions, or simply let us know how we do it. 
Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful afternoon. I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around And the rumpus and rug get so comfortable now Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow So I got an apartment across from the park Put quinoa in my fridge, still I'm not feeling great Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow Here we go Our podcast is brought to you in collaboration with the People Branch publication, which can be found on the People Branch website located at peoplebranch.org. That's P E O P L E B R A N C H.org. That's peoplebranch.org website, in which you will find a number of very interesting articles my name is mike duchenne md for short i hope you have a great afternoon or a great evening whichever it happens to be hopefully you can join me again next time for another interesting episode of this podcast that, that was Suza. live from new york good day